Let's turn to Luke chapter 10, everyone. For those who don't know me, my name's Andrew. Uh, my wife, Jackie, and uh, two of my children, Isaac and Harriet, are with us uh, at this camp from Sydney. And it's uh, really wonderful to be here. So I'd like to talk in Luke 10 here. I'd like to focus on something the Lord has toward us and something that we also need to have toward others, and that is compassion. Now, the dictionary definition of compassion is a strong feeling of sympathy and sadness for the suffering or bad luck of others and a wish or desire to help them. What's associated with compassion is firstly sympathy, as the uh, dictionary explains. A desire or motivation is also associated with compassion. So it's, it's, uh, compassion is different to empathy. Uh, empathy is understanding the feelings uh, of another. Um, but compassion goes a step further. Compassion also has a desire. And then the next point is a translates into actual work or help of the other person, whereas empathy is, doesn't. We also see associated with compassion is courage, taking courage to actually then act upon that feeling of compassion for someone else. And also associated with compassion is not having or withholding judgment. And so we're looking at this story of the Good Samaritan. And uh, so here in Luke chapter 10, and in verse 25, it says, Behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, Jesus, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says unto him, What is written in the law? How do you read? And he responds by saying, You shall love the Lord thy God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. And this uh, is a this is out of Deuteronomy. Uh, and it goes on to say, and your neighbour as yourself. So these things are out of Deuteronomy chapter 6 and Leviticus chapter 19. Jesus says elsewhere in the Gospel of Matthew that on these two commandments, so to love the Lord and then to love your neighbour, on those two commandments actually hang all the law and the prophets. So this is how big it is. So... The conversation starts about love here. It goes on. And Jesus says to him, you have answered right or correctly in 28. This do and you shall live. Remembering also that the first question was, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? 29. But he, willing to justify himself, says unto Jesus, well, who is my neighbour? It's interesting the way that then Jesus then answers, he responds. Jesus says in 30, he describes this story. A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Now this is, we'll pause it there, this is like the road of life, if you like, this journey of life that we all start upon. For this particular man's situation, Jerusalem, about 2,500 feet above sea level. And he goes from Jerusalem down to a place called Jericho, which is approximately 800 feet below sea level. So we're looking around three, 
3.3,000 feet distance, a difference between Jerusalem and Jericho. And maybe we all start out well or we can start out well in life, but as the path of life takes us, we may go to a low point like this man discovered himself in. And in this low point it goes on that he fell among thieves. So people or situations that come to rob us of things that we have. And it says that this man was stripped from his raiment, so he, his clothing was taken away from him and wounded him, so his health perhaps uh, was taken away from him and they departed, leaving him half dead. So maybe part of his life was taken away from him. And maybe the journey of life leaves us sometimes in this sort of situation. Maybe we're facing a diagnosis of some kind which has robbed us of our life or circumstances seem to rob us of our joy or maybe it's, it's physical things or, or mental health things. But life can sometimes rob us of things that we have. And 31, and by chance there came down a certain priest that way. So a man that was supposedly an ambassador of the word of God, representing God to the people, he comes along, happens by chance. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So this man that was supposedly following the law, and perhaps he was, we don't know the reason why he passed on by. Maybe it was he didn't want to defile himself according to the law. But it certainly does not say that he had compassion. We definitely know that. 32, likewise a Levite, when he was at that place, so the same place, came and looked on him and passed on by passed by on the other side. So again, this second person here distances himself from this person in need. Jesus never commends any of those two people, even though they are following the law, supposedly. It's interesting in 33 that the only person that gets a commendation uh, here is this Samaritan. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. Now the Samaritans, of course, uh, through their history, um, had at times a violent history and they were the enemies of the Jews. The Jews didn't speak or had dealings with the Samaritans. And you get a, a, a taste of that in the Gospel of John, chapter 4, where Jesus talks to this lady who was a Samaritan. And she says, but I thought you guys didn't deal with us. And she was surprised. And there is, you know, maybe good reason you could say that the Jews didn't like the Samaritans for what they did uh, in the Old Testament there. But it's interesting that Jesus chooses then a Samaritan to demonstrate compassion. <clears throat> a certain, so 33. So I'll start again in 33. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him... He had compassion on him. Now the same Greek word for the priest and for the Levite and for the Samaritan is used where, where it says, and he saw him or he looked upon him. 
So they all took in the situation. But only one of them, after taking in the situation, had compassion. And remembering that compassion is not just empathy, but there's a motivation or desire associated with it, and then that needs to translate into action. And what we see here, those very things coming into play here. 34. And went, so the Samaritan went to this man in need, in his hour of need, when others had abandoned him, and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine. Now we know that these things also represent Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the, the one who was rejected by his own people. Pouring in the oil and the wine, we know that the wine represents, Jesus says in the Last Supper, this is my blood which is spilt for you. You know, the representation of his blood, of his forgiveness, of the covering, if you like. We know the oil also represents the outpouring or the anointing of the Holy Spirit, God's favour upon us. So these things are indicative of what is to come. This is, you know, there's, there's more than one angle, if you like, of looking at this story. So he pours in oil and wine. He does that which is necessary for the benefit of a complete stranger. We also see that this Samaritan came prepared. The Levite and the priest doesn't speak about them having a beast or having oil and wine. It didn't have those things necessary for the healing of this complete stranger who'd fallen among, you know, onto bad luck. It says here that he also set him on his own beast. So he, the Samaritan provides out of his own purse. He gives from what he has. And this is the demonstration of compassion. And it also brings him to an inn and took care of him. We know that the inn represents the church, the place of refuge or safety, a place where he can be looked after and a place where he can be healed, where healing takes place uh, in the church, healing from the scars of this life, this world, for instance. And this is certainly what took place in this situation. It also says that he took care of him there. So Jesus Christ takes care of his people as he brings them, leads them in, if you like, to the place of refuge. This is the sanctuary, the church. And 35, and on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, take care of him. And we know that the two pence represents two days' wages. Um, my understanding is those two days' wages would have been equivalent to two months' accommodation. So it was a very generous donation made by this complete stranger. Two months' accommodation, two full days' wages, and then the promise to repay whatever else is needed for this complete stranger. So covering all bills, this Samaritan. So he's gone far beyond the call of duty. And that's Jesus Christ going far beyond the call of duty, fulfilling the law, dying for you and I, showing us great compassion. Take care of him is the instruction to the host, whether that's the leaders of the church or the individual members of the church, to take care of those that the Lord has had compassion on. 
within this place. Really important. Take care of him and the promise that the Lord will repay. There is a reward that when the Lord Jesus Christ returns, that there will be a reward given to his people. It goes on. 36, the question is then asked, Now which of these three, thinkest thou, was neighbour unto him that fell among the thieves? And the reply is, he that showed mercy on him. Jesus says unto him, go and do thou likewise. Really, through listening to the words of Jesus Christ, then this lawyer answers his own question. Who is my neighbour? was the question, the last question before Jesus goes into the story. And then when Jesus responds and then asks him a question after the story, he answers his own question. Okay, let's turn to 1 John. 1 John chapter 3. And perhaps this sums up the priest and the Levite, these couple of uh, these verses here. So 1 John chapter 3 and verse 17. Hopefully they don't hopefully we don't fulfill this scripture. But if we have, let's make sure that we change and have compassion. And it says here, but whoso has this world's good, like the good Samaritan, and sees his brother have need, but shuts up his bowels of compassion from him. So the yearnings or the innermost part of your body, so the heart of your heart in a sense. If you shut up your bowels of compassion from this person in need, the question then is, how dwells the love of God in him? Remembering that compassion is also associated with love. Remembering that the story of the Good Samaritan also mentioned loving the Lord with all your mind, your heart, your soul and your strength and loving your neighbour as yourself, compassion is associated with love. And here it talks about compassion and love in the same verse. Verse 18, my little children, let us not love in word, as in written word perhaps, neither in tongue as in spoken word, but indeed, so in action and in truth, so to do things in action and truthfully. First Peter chapter three. Just back a little bit. Our last scripture. <clears throat> and in First Peter chapter three here, it says in verse eight. Finally, so in a sense, in summing up, summing up with what is most important. Be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. The word compassion here means having a fellow feeling. Perhaps today we would use the word empathy, to have a fellow feeling, to have a common feeling one toward another. Empathy. It goes on, love as brethren, be pitiful. Now, the word pitiful there, it means to be well-compassioned. Not just slightly compassioned, but to be well-compassioned, to have this feeling and action of compassion one towards another. 
and having a good amount of it. To be well compassioned, really important. So to be well compassioned, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing. The good Samaritan could have the good Samaritan could have chosen to think, well, he's a Jew and he's my enemy. He doesn't want anything to do with me. They don't speak with me. They don't have business with me. And they treat us not nicely necessarily. He could have chosen the railing for a railing. But having compassion here is not that way. It goes on to say, but contrarywise, blessing. Knowing that you are there unto called. So in just wrapping up, why is compassion so important? Well, remembering that Jesus Christ had compassion. Because he had compassion, he fed others. Because Jesus Christ had compassion, he healed others. And because Jesus Christ had compassion, he died for others. Compassion provides a benefit to others. Without it, none of us would be here today. And without compassion, our church can't grow any bigger. I'll leave it there. Amen.